Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when their sons are technology experts. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. I knew you were going to make fun of me, so I'm not going to say it. I said it for you. There you go. No, it doesn't count. we can move on. No, we can move on. Today is episode X. It's episode 10. And so we figured because it's episode X, uh, we put a notch on on the stream because we're very funny. Yes. If you're if you're listening, imagine there's a notch. Yes. Imagine, or if you have an iPhone, look at it. Just look at it. (laughs) <laughs> and then you'll kind of get the get the the gist of the energy that we've created here in the studio yeah. today. It's I think I think it was very funny and original. I think it was it was a, it was a team effort. I think we workshopped yeah, it a little. Yeah, we bit really did. There. And it, it took good. it you know photoshopped the notch out. It was a lot of work. So uh, if you appreciated our work, go rate this podcast on your platform of choice. We're rated five stars on Apple Podcasts. You know, oh, that's very good. That's a little shameless plug right there. Um, and you can rate it on multiple platforms, even if you only listen on one. No one's gonna. They don't tell you this, but no one's gonna stop you. That's a life hack. That's like one of those clickbait articles where yeah. it's like, "This is what insurance companies don't want you to know." Yeah. Top ten tips that podcasting ho- podcast hosting platforms don't want you to know. You can just rate them, even if you don't listen to the podcast. Everyone that's here on YouTube, pop that up on your phone, lock in that five star rating. You're good to go. Yeah. Got to lock that in. Otherwise, if we don't get 100 five-star ratings by the end of this week, we're moving our podcast over to the paid subscription platform. Oh, boy. That's the threat right there. <laughs> if, we don't, if we're not highly rated enough, then we start charging money for it. Yes. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yes, because that's a really effective way to get people to like your podcast yeah. right there. In fact, while we're on the subject, um, I don't know anything about that new thing how does it work i don't really know either to be honest we literally host a podcast and they're like hey here's how you can monetize your podcast and we're just like not interested i'd be curious to know apparently i'm not sure if you i feel like the podcast they could probably pay like you could they could charge like you pay i don't know if it's like you pay to access the podcast at all you could pay to access like extra like special episodes like a patreon kind of thing i don't know if you could just like tip People, like you know, you tip your creator like you can do in the stream here. Uh, I don't know how it works. We should look into that. That would be smart. But we're not gonna make our. This will never be a paid podcast. Like that would be that'd be stupid. Yeah, it's not worth. It's, it's not, not worth not paying worth for. It's not even worth the investment of time, frankly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So our first topic today, in keeping with our theme about controversial design decisions with the notch. How do you like that transition? All right. All right. The new iMac. Mm-hmm. specifically the white bezels and the chin mm-hmm. this this is something that but five days ago noah and i watched right here in these exact positions and quite frankly i don't understand the controversy and in as a matter of fact where's my phone okay i gotta pull this up because i so given the state of comment sections and uh, Twitter mentions and stuff like that. I thought that this design was like 
super duper hated. But then I ran a poll on the channel and I was really shocked at the results. So simple question, new iMac design, good or bad? That is what I queried. Mm -hmm. And the two options that you could choose from were good or bad. Okay, very simple. Pretty simple. Now, I didn't have a, like a neutral opinion because I wanted to force everyone to make a decision. No one's allowed to be on the fence. The fence has been torn down. Uh-huh. You cannot be on it anymore. There were 3,466 votes. It's a good sample size. Pretty decent sample size. 67% said good. Almost exactly two-thirds. Yeah. Well, that is exactly two-thirds. Yeah. Rounded. Yeah. And then 33% said bad. Now, granted, if you are talking about from Apple's perspective, maybe they don't want a third of people to think it's ugly. But that's a pretty clear majority of people that at the very least do not mind the design. So I think what we've got here is a case of a very vocal few just absolutely screaming and hollering their eyes out. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like the people... This is a discussion that that, uh, that Luke and I had, and uh, and I think you also mentioned it in the video that you made about this, but I feel like the people that are getting annoyed, or, or not annoyed, but the people that don't like the design are not, like, the target audience for this computer. Like, they're, they're the people that want, like, the M1X and they want like the 30 inch display and they want to do pro stuff on it and that's not what this thing's meant for so i think yeah i think i think that's where a lot of I mean, there are some people i'm sure that are in the target audience and they just you know don't like the look of it but i think a lot of the people that are against it are just not in the target audience and they will get what they want in the future but this is you know not 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 meant for them yet yeah this is i think the thing that kind of threw people off and i talked about this a little bit in my video from like two days ago where i talked about the, the, the basically just defending the design and basically what i think it boils down to is the old 4k imac was a weird device it, it was kind of like it was kind of homeless this is a little sad mm. the poor guy because on the one hand it was kind of a pro device. Like, internally, it had it shared the processors, the 2019, the most recent version, shared its processors with the 2018 Mac Mini. So six core, well, it started with a quad core i3, which is like, whatever. But then it had a six core i7, a six core i5. Um, pretty decently powerful. Certainly in early 2019, they were very decently powerful processors. And then the graphics were shared with the 15-inch MacBook Pro. Now, in 2019, I think that was really good value because you were getting the processors from a Mac Mini that started at 800 bucks, and you were getting the graphics from a MacBook Pro that started at 2400 bucks, and you were getting a 4K display with it. Granted, you also got a fusion drive and eight gigs of RAM yeah. inexplic inexplicably, but you were getting pretty decent specs. And now, obviously, that was no longer the case, you know, last week when it was still available to buy uh, and it was very outdated. But it was a little bit weird because it was like, OK, well, it kind of had pro specs and it was pretty decent pricing, pretty decent value. 
But pros didn't really buy 21.5-inch iMacs all that much. I mean, they're pretty small for... Screen is really small. Yeah. Like, if you're going to go for a desktop... I feel like pros went for 15-inch MacBook Pros, but then if they were going to go for a desktop, I don't know why you wouldn't just go for the 5K. Yeah. And so that's what most people did. I mean, I didn't even really consider the 4K iMac when I wanted to upgrade from doing all my video work on my 2016 MacBook Pro. And so basically, I think the fact that the old iMac was like kind of a pro machine, but wasn't actually brought bought by pros. And then now it's very clearly not given. It, it's they're very, very clearly not trying to say this is the pro iMac. Right. Even though the M1 chip is very powerful and you could absolutely and I will do pro tasks on it. It's not that's not the way that it's being targeted. And I think people got thrown off by that. Now, I will say the one really valid point that I think will actually play a role is if you do want to do pro stuff, especially color work, the white bezels can kind of throw off the eye a little bit. Interesting. So that one I would that I would concede is is a valid point. That's interesting. I I don't know. I mean, I feel like yeah, like if you're doing the pro kind of work, like you probably like you could use one of these iMacs, but that's not what they're targeted for. And I think we're going to get the the Pro Display XDR looking iMac Pro or they'll just call it the 30-inch iMac or whatever they're going to call it. But I think we will get that and that will be what people actually want or you know the people that are saying they don't like this design i think they're going to get it with the no chin and whatever but like i don't know it's it's a it's a classic design you know it's it's a modern take on a classic design with the chin they brought back all the colors which is super awesome um and even just i don't know in their announcement and all of their their marketing that we've seen so far they know exactly who they're targeting this at and it's not pros Someone brought up an interesting point here in the chat. They don't mind the bezels or the chin, but removing the logo makes it look like a cheap knockoff. I don't know. I I don't actually think the, the Apple logo on the front adds anything. I think the goal with Apple products is to make it identifiable without a logo. Even if it's not... Like, you know, I feel like if everyone if everyone got what they wanted or at least what they thought they wanted, you would have a phone that's just a square, a rectangular screen mm -hmm. with no bezels on it and like a glass on the back or whatever. And it would just be like this smooth, like a flat stone. You could like skip it across lakes. Yeah. And then a screen would just be big rectangle. Like everything would just be various shapes of rectangle. There's not really any design to it. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think it's, I, I should also clarify that I don't think it's better the way that it is. Like, I wouldn't rather have white bezels and a chin than a Pro XDR display. I just think that you can have both of those things. And I think that people are going to, I think this iMac is going to sell really well. Much better than the, than the previous version. Because I think this design is eye-catching enough that people who wouldn't have considered an iMac purely because they didn't know about it would would give it a second look. Yeah, I think um, I think like in the places 
I don't know. Like, if you're if you're a pro, there are other things that you're going to be more concerned about. Like, you're going to be looking really at the specs and uh, and all that kind of stuff. When you're, you know, a more casual user, which is what this is targeted at, the colors make a difference. That's why the iPhones are available in a bunch of different colors. That's why the iPad Air is available in a bunch of different colors. So, like, for, for consumers like that, they're going to like the colors. When you see these in, like, hotels and, and office buildings and stuff like that, Hey, if they can get a color that that matches, you know, the room that it's in or the the, the logo or something, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll they'll definitely go for it. I think it would not be a stretch to say that Apple is a fashion company almost as much as they're a technology company. That might sound pretty crazy, but think about it. Apple products, the Apple ecosystem is all designed to cultivate an aesthetic. And I think this definitely feeds into that. Although, I will say, why the heck are all the colors different? Like, why are there... You can't really color match everything that you have because, like, the colors don't... They're not the same. Like, yeah. the, the the pink on the front of the iMac is sort of similar but not quite the same as the AirPods pink. But then also the back of the iMac is, like, red, mm-hmm. and it, which doesn't match at all. And I like you can't actually get all the same colors. I guess okay. The green, no, never mind. No, the green on the iMac is all like teal, whereas on the AirPods it's green, and on the iPad Air it's like a very very pale minty green. I thought they were. I thought they were unifying the colors. Like I thought they would look. I guess I didn't really look, but I thought like green on the iMac, and I get there's the duo tone, but like. Green on the iMac, green on the AirPods, green on the iPad Air. I thought it was not the same shade. I think the I think the AirPods Max and the iPad Air, like the aluminum cups and the iPad Air are the same shade, okay. but the aluminum part of the iMac is not the same at all. That's weird. The stand might be. Okay. But the back is like almost it, it's it looks teal. Mm-hmm. I I really like the look personally, but it's definitely different, which is weird. Also, oh, I have to say I think the award for one of the worst takes goes to this comment. Apple is not a tech company. They are a manufacturing company. They don't actually own any factories. So um, that's not <laughs> – that does not make sense. Uh, that just amuses me. They don't manufacture anything. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I mean, that. They, they do, but they, it's outsourced is the point. Yeah, I'll just say my – uh, my thing about the iMac, I like the design. I like the duotone look that it has. I like, I I I like that there's the big Apple logo on the back, and I don't think you need an Apple logo on the front. I don't think yeah. any other product has an Apple logo on the front of it, right? The iPhone it's on the so. back, iPad it's on the back, iMac and Apple or the uh, the Mac Pro and the Apple TV, whatever it's on the top. I, I don't think you really have them on the front. So I think the big Apple logo on the back looks good. I don't think you need one on the front. That's my. And that's you know my what's interesting? Take. Oh, you know what's interesting is I think so. I don't know if you if you picked up on this, but a lot of the conversation about why people weren't happy with it is they're like, why did they bought, spend so much time designing the back of it if you're going to look at the front mm-hmm. and you're only ever going to see the front? I think that is another example of how people kind of misunderstand what this device is targeted for, because. I mean, if you look at the, you can get a lot of a sense of the type of people that Apple wants to buy their products by the the videos that they make. Mm -hmm. And what you noticed was a lot of like families 
and like people in their homes with their computers on desks in the middle of rooms. Right. And I think um, a lot of the, this iMac specifically is designed because like for me as a pro, my iMac's right up against a wall. But I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily do that with their iMacs. And certainly with this iMac, I would rethink if I were like redecorating my space, I would definitely think about my desk placement from like a, this could be a centerpiece perspective. Cause I think it, it makes a really interesting statement. I mean, someone said in the kitchen, I could see that like uh, on, on like a kitchen Island, not on an Island. That would be where the food goes, but like in a kitchen adjacent spot or yeah. like when, you know, people have like a desk in the middle of a room where it's like they look at the door. So you walk in and you see the desk. Right. That. Yeah. I, I think there's plenty of there's plenty of use cases outside of pro users that sit at their workbench um, where people are going to see the back of this iMac. And, you know, I'll say another thing. The Pro Display XDR the back looks really cool with all those crazy true pipe, pipe things, but they made the back like that because the pro display XDR they're they're focused more on the pro performance and being able to cool it and, you know, all that stuff. Whereas the iMac they're focused more on, you know, the consumer aspect, which is why it's colorful. I do wonder, do you think now that you bring that up, do you think maybe the 30 inch iMac adopts that porous cooling look from the XDR? I would be curious because I guess if they're gonna get rid of if they're not gonna have the 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 chin on it, then the computer is gonna be in like I guess behind the display, right? Yeah, I mean I would think. See, I'm actually not convinced that the 30 inch iMac does away with the chin. Okay. I I I suspect that the chin is here to stay. I think it is really distinctive of the iMac from a branding perspective. I mean, it's it's been around since like 2005. So, I don't know, maybe it maybe it's like a a fun quirky thing on this iMac, but not on the the more pro version of the iMac. However, I think it's also worth noting that Apple doesn't ever like fully go for the pros apple never targets niche audiences they try to target as many people as they can now obviously the mac pro would be an exception to that where it was like a little bit more like you know m normal people aren't dropping 6k on on a mac pro like also, that's to just be not fair, like when you say pro there are so many different kinds of pros well exactly so it's not like even even the the Mac Pro like obviously very expensive very fancy thing but like programmers and you know video edit video editors and and uh, and people like that like there's all sorts of different pros so so like you said they they don't get into a specific niche so pro is not maybe as much of a niche as uh, as you might think yeah but I I de I definitely would not be surprised especially considering that. I don't believe the iMac Pro, uh, the Pro Display XDR, has speakers. Am I correct in thinking that? I'm not sure. That's a good question. If it does, they're they're probably very minimal. 
I mean, actually, no, maybe it doesn't, because the Mac Pro, I know, has an internal speaker, like, you know, the terrible one that, that you would get with, like, a Mac Mini or something. But I don't think the Mac Pro has that. I could see the chin being quite useful. Like, like okay, so imagine this, okay? Here's a hypothetical. Okay. With the 24-inch iMac, they definitely, definitely were, were putting an emphasis on the sound quality. That was, that was a, a whole, like five or so minutes of the presentation that they devoted specifically to talking about the new speaker setup. Mm-hmm. And that was made possible because essentially in the 24-inch iMac, the computer part is in the chin. The screen, it's, it's not so much a screen on top of a computer as it is a screen above a computer. That's true. Now, obviously with, the, uh, with a 30-inch iMac, I don't expect that to be the case anymore because... Hopefully, at least, we're going to get M1X, and it's going to be a little bit beefier, and it will probably be thicker and have the computer part behind the screen. But what about essentially integrating a soundbar in the chin and having, like, a a six-speaker setup with, like, the beam forming and all their crazy stuff? That's really interesting, actually, because they did did focus... uh, a decent amount of time especially relative to like how much time they spent talking about the iMac they spent yeah. a decent amount of time talking about the speakers and spatial and audio they brought spatial that was really interesting they brought spatial audio over so i feel like yeah the iMac pro if they want to or whatever they're going to call it if they if they maybe they will go for a pretty fancy speaker system that'd be cool i honestly think i mean i would assume that there's going to be some speaker upgrades but i think keeping the chin around for a design and iconic and also utilitarian perspective, I think it would be pretty interesting. You know, don't I, I think we shouldn't knock it until we see what happens, mm-hmm. um, especially if it's done well. Like a silver and space gray chin, I feel like that could be done well. Um, so actually, I guess continuing on our, on our theme of talking about things that came about in relation to the recent Apple event, next up on our docket was mac os on ipad pro yeah i've seen some discussion about this a lot of people have been talking about oh my gosh now that the ipad pro has an m1 chip they're going to put mac os on it the first thing that i will say i'm very curious to get your take no but the first thing that i will say is it's not so much apple put the mac chip in an ipad as it is apple put the ipad chip in the mac but they did that first true the a14x which never came to be but would have been an m1 chip like the a12x which both noah and i have in our 2018 ipad pros is exactly the same as an m1 but without some of the mac accelerators obviously and also you know with a12 cores it's the same like tdp the same core layout the same gpu layout they're the same exact thing, but just now with newer cores, and obviously it's a lot more powerful therein. Well, the first Apple Silicon Mac had an iPad processor in it. The Which developer one? transition kit. That's true. It had an A12Z. So. Yeah. So it, it basically, I think it does basically boil down to a branding decision because when you say, ooh, we put an M1 chip, it just sounds cool. It's the same chip. Yeah. It was always going to be the same chip, but 
I was surprised that they called it the same chip. Yeah, no, I was surprised by that. Um, so, yeah, what is your take on that? N- Mac OS on an iPad, what do you think? Well, I, it's interesting because I, I, I just had a couple other thoughts. First of all, I can't... I, it's it would, My initial reaction is it would seem like Apple would be like cannibalizing their own sales, right? If you put... If you put macOS on an iPad or you let, even if it's like a simplified version, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like then it starts to step on the iPad Air or the, the, uh, the MacBook Air, I should say. <laughs> the, the iPad is so, conf- you know, you the iPad, iPad Air, Air is already stepping on the iPad Pro. I know. There's like so much. <laughs> exactly. There's so much. But, but I feel like, the, I feel like the iPad was hurt to step on the, on the Mac a lot. But then now I'm thinking like, I don't. Apple doesn't seem to have that much of an issue. Like you just said, the iPad Air stepping on the iPad Pro, and then when they called it the M1, you know, and they put that in the iPad, like I, I, I almost would have thought they would have said, you know, keep the M1 for the Max, and and it's sort of like a step above. But they're saying no, the iPad is the same power, but it's running, I would argue, a much less powerful operating system. I mean, there's obviously trade-offs, but... I think what we really need, as the Super Chat points out, is Windows XP on iPad Pro. Well, you could do... There's that um, that UTM uh, emulator, the, the virtual machine thing. Oh, yeah. Thing. I I think, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta run that yeah, on, on the that. new iPads. But, uh, but I, think you can do, I think you can do Windows XP in there. So we, we could... We can that would be funny. But I don't know. I... What was the question? <laughs> the question was, do you think Mac OS will come to the iPad? Uh, no. All right, cool. That's that. Yeah, that's it. No, <laughs> no, uh, no I, don't, I don't think so because I don't – if it does, then, like, I don't see how you can have an iPad and a Mac as, like, separate – I guess they're sort of, like, two different – like approaches to the like if you had the same operating system it's like sort of two different like means of of interacting with the operating system but even still like the ipad has the magic keyboard and the trackpad and whatever the only difference is like it has a touch screen right mm-hmm. and i feel like if you're gonna put mac os if you're gonna put mac os on the ipad the mac os has to support the touch screen you're gonna get mac apps that support the touch screen some of them might require you get like a fractured experience whatever it's a whole thing I just can't imagine, like, there are just a bunch of, like, so many reasons that I can't imagine Apple doing it. There's so many reasons why they wouldn't, but I think there's one that's that's the most true. Okay. And that is, if you put macOS on an iPad, then why in the hell would you buy both? Yeah. Apple wants to sell you a MacBook and an iPad, because they have different... Some might be better for certain things. I mean, for a lot of drawing applications, a 12.9-inch iPad Pro is like the dream machine, especially now with mini-LED. But then for other things, like, for example, I think one of the things that people are kind of forgetting is like, okay, so the 12.9-inch iPad Pro might have the same chip as an iPad, or sorry, a MacBook Air. Jesus, now I'm doing it too. Good grief. But... A MacBook Air is $1,000, but it already has the keyboard and the trackpad. If you want that on the iPad Pro, you have to spend $1,450 to get the the smart keyboard, the magic keyboard, and the base 128-gigabyte iPad Pro. Wow. That's That's a tidy sum. Yeah. 
and the display is still a smaller size, 12.9 compared to 13.3 inches. So I don't think there's a lot of competition. I don't think there will be a lot of competition. Like, you know, you can't just put Mac OS on, on an iPad. First of all, it's a screen aspect ratio that no Mac has ever seen. Plus, there's the whole issue of touch, like having to make that work and then having to make Mac developers make that work. Like, I, I think it's just a whole thing. And it seems like a lot of effort only to cannibalize your own sales. Yeah, I could see, I can definitely see iPadOS and macOS getting closer together, which, first of all, they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, for Apple separated iPadOS <laughs> out into its own name which is really just for show because it's obviously yeah. very similar to mac os but, or very similar to ios um but you know maybe we'll see them drift further ios apart. plus ios plus yes yeah. <laughs> it's mean, a, that sounds like a subscription service you have to pay to for ios ios plus yeah you get you get the initial version on your phone but if you want to get the future updates you have to subscribe to ios plus yeah and it's it's 46 dollars per month Oh, wow. Yeah, it, this is a really premium uh, subscription plan here, but it allows you to download more RAM, for one. Okay. Which is, of course, also subscription-based. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's an ad-free experience. Oh, no ads in the operating system? No, it's, a, it's an ad-free experience. Okay, okay. Um, what else would iOS Plus offer? I feel like I feel like it would just be uh, iPad OS, but paid for $46 a month. $46 Seems worth a it. month. 46. Well, here's my question, though. Is yes. If you stop paying, what It happens? bricks the device. Uh, I was going to say, does it downgrade the device? But Apple hates downgrading. They no, don't no. let you do it. They don't bricks let you it. do it. Bricks it. Completely bricks that, it. You got to throw it away. It's e-waste. That, sound, well, that sounds like Apple. Uh, they love that. They love that. They love e-waste. Don't let them tell you otherwise. They'll t they will. They'll tell you try. a lot of otherwise. They'll talk about, oh, BPA-free display. Oh, we don't use arsenic. Oh, we don't like poisonous stuff or whatever but it's like yeah uh, yeah well guess what you don't let anyone get the activation lock off of it and then they end up in landfills and that is ios plus <laughs> back to you tim back to you tim we are so thrilled to introduce <laughs> ios plus our newest way of increasing e-waste by 400 percent for yeah. 46 dollars a month uh, it's like, didn't Sonos get into some trouble where they were, like, basically converting their original things into trash? I very vaguely remember what you're talking about, but not really. I think they had, like, a software update that, like, disabled them or something. That sounds vaguely familiar. I feel like I got to look this up. Okay, what were we talking about before we got into this? Um, uh, Mac OS on an iPad? Yes. Do you remember where we were going from there? I do not. Okay. Mac OS on an iPad. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's just, they're, they're, they're just, they're just different things. If we, Oh, I found, I found the found thing. It, you found it. So Sonos had, I don't know if this is still true, but they had a recycle mode, which intentionally bricks a device. I don't know why anyone would possibly possibly want that it's a software feature that once activate activated begins a countdown it's literally a self-destruct button that eventually renders older sonos devices inoperable that is but does, does sonos take the old one 
I think it's a no, trade-in a thing. No, it says take it to a certified e-recycling facility. Or you could ship it back to Sonos. But I feel like if Sonos took the device back and they used some like internal tool to unbrick it and then sell it as like a refurbished thing, maybe. But like oh, that's really weird. When was this? This is uh, about a year ago. December 2019. Year and a half. The before times. The before times. Ah, sad. <laughs> anyway, the point is iOS Plus would would do that essentially. It would activate a self-destruct switch mm-hmm. that would, uh, it would, I think, you know what it would do? They would have like a physical trigger inside the device that would bridge the battery and just put oh. the whole device up in smoke. Yikes. Little note seven action there. Now, if we may attempt to course correct briefly, yes, yes. someone pointed out here one chip M1 to rule them all. And that actually brought up the next topic that I wanted to talk about which was at what point does the M1 chip stop being cool and powerful and start being not good enough? Because right now what, what we are seeing is Apple is, uh, they're getting a lot of mileage out of this thing. They are. They're getting a lot of mileage out of the M1 chip. I mean, think about this. Mac mini, iPad Pro. I'm going in price order, by the way. Mm-hmm. iPad Pro 11-inch. MacBook Air iPad Pro 12.9 inch, MacBook Pro, and then three different things at iMac. Those are six devices, six that are running the M1 chip. That, that That's a lot of Apple's product stack. I think it's already half the Macs that you could buy are on M1. Interesting. And then or at least wasn't offer. the rumor that even some of the new, iMac, the new uh, Macs coming out were going to have it? Like oh, inch? I don't know if I saw it. Oh, yeah. That one was one. I don't know how much rumory stuff there is about that one. I, I, I think I'm going to work on a video about um, the new generation of MacBook Pro because I think that the 14-inch will have an M1 chip. What do you guys think in the chat? I'm very curious. I guarantee people are going to be disappointed by that right now. But here's the thing. If I may explain myself, right now... Apple sells two main configurations of the, the M1 MacBook Pro. At, thir- at $1299, you get 8 gigabytes of RAM and a 256 gigabyte SSD. For four- $1499? I'm pretty sure, yeah. $1499, you bump up to 512 gigabytes. So we have to keep in mind, Apple charges $200 to double the storage or to double the RAM. Mm-hmm. So... 8 to 16, $200. 256 to 512, $200. And I believe it's another 200 or is it 400 to, to do a terabyte? It might be another 200. 200 on top of the so 512? Total. I'm gonna, we'll go ahead and fact check this. We're doing a little bit of... We'll do it live. A little bit of live fact checking here. So from the 512 SSD... Yeah, two hundred dollars brings you up to a terabyte, and then it's another four hundred mm. to get up to two. That's pretty hefty. Anyway, the point is, if you're talking about a price increase of two hundred dollars to double the storage and double the RAM, that means if you wanted to go over the base M1 and you wanted to do sixteen and five twelve, you are looking at what is that, eighteen ninety nine? Four hundred. Wait, sixteen ninety nine. 
Yeah, four hundred over yeah. twelve ninety nine. Yeah, so sixteen ninety nine. Curiously, the four Thunderbolt port Intel MacBook Pro, which you can still buy by the way, is seventeen ninety nine. Okay. So, imagine this: the rumor up until this point has been that the new MacBook Pro will have mini LED displays. It'll have a new M1X chip. It'll have a new design. It'll have no touch bar. It'll have more ports. That's a lot of new functionality. And we don't even know from like a software or an integration standpoint, you know, bringing back MagSafe, you've got all of that. I think it's very likely that there could even be like um, uh, Ethernet on the power brick like you get with the iMac. I don't see why they wouldn't bring that. That'd be cool. That's a lot. So I find it hard to believe that that would just be a $100 premium over a decently specced M1 MacBook Pro. That seems un-Apple. It seems too good to be true, essentially. Well, here's the question. Do you think that they're going to get rid of the current M1 MacBook Pro or that they're going to keep it and put this... 14-inch MacBook Pro on top of it. I think it's almost guaranteed that this is on top of. Okay. Almost guaranteed. I do not see a world where... I mean, unless... I don't know. Maybe if they put M1, maybe it's a lateral move. It's possible. It's possible with an M1 chip um, that, you know, there's a version without a mini-LED display that that just fits in as a replacement. But I, I think... I think the way that this is being positioned is as an addition. Uh, and that's it's not exactly unprecedented. That's how Apple has operated in the past. Think back to 2012, the unibody stuck around. And then in 2016, the uh, early 2015 stuck around for at least the first cycle. Um, and, and unfortunately, I just don't think... I mean, I guess there's two options. Either M1 chip in the M in the in the 14 inch MacBook Pro because at that point it's like okay I think you could make an argument for would I rather go for 16 gigabytes of RAM and 512 gigabytes of storage and go for like a specked out M1 MacBook Pro or would I rather you know get the other features like the ports and the display and the new design and go for less RAM in the newer one for more money you know you could kind of have that discussion but i don't think apple is in the business of let me give you 80 percent more performance and twice the memory and twice the storage and mini led and a new design and more ports and magsafe and it's 500 more dollars that's a lot that's a long list of things to get for 500 bucks yeah um the other option i could see potentially is just dropping the 1799 and having it be at 1999 so it's they, a bit steep. So there are what three? How many levels of Intel 13-inch MacBook Pro are there? Two. So there's two M1s and two Intels. The Intels come in at. So the Intels all have 16 gigabytes of RAM. So maybe I don't know. Maybe they have an M1 chip. Maybe you get 16 gigabytes on this new 14-inch one. But you think there might only be one? I think there might be. Well, I don't know if there's one or two. I mean, the only difference between these configurations is storage, anyway. So it's not like a real difference. It doesn't matter. Um, but I would just say perhaps 
perhaps there will not, in fact, be an M1X 14-inch MacBook Pro. I think it's also worth noting people are, are saying that they are curious about M2. I think Apple Silicon is going to skip generations. Interesting. There's an iPhone chip every year. A14, A15, A16. I don't think there's going to be an Apple chip every year because they're not updated all at once. Yeah, that's a good point because I guess the the A series chips are just iPad and iPhone. Or I guess the mm-hmm. iPads sort of have their own because they're like the X or the Z. It's really the iPhones, I guess, that drive it. But yeah, the iPhone gets updated every year, a new chip. It's a good point. The Macs don't all get updated at once. Some of them get updated more often than others. I mean, think of it this way. We just got, in April, a new iMac that launches in May. That's four months before the A15 chip is going to come out. And then an M1 would come out. Like Basically, the iMac would be outdated in six to eight months. Well, okay, here's a question. Here's, here's an interesting question. So the you say, you say outdated. It wouldn't be the latest chip anymore. But, like, if you have an iPhone 11 series and it has, what, the A13 chip in it, mm-hmm. it's certainly not outdated, right? No, I just mean, like, Apple launches a brand new product on this chipset, and within eight months they launch an M2 chipset. Well, here's my question. And then, so it's, it's likely said, you know, the, the iPhone gets updated every year, and you see, you know, it gets a new processor. That's a given. The iPad maybe doesn't get updated every year, but it sort of follows along with the the iPhone processor. I guess now it has the M1, so sort of anyone's guess. Actually, that makes my theory or my question even more interesting, is could we see Macs get updated more frequently, even if they're just smaller, like, spec bump level things? Could they get updated more often now that Apple isn't waiting on Intel for the processors or whatever? Could the M series fall in line with the a series and get more frequent smaller updates and i don't the iPad, think so the ipad might be some evidence you know you look at the hmm. history of the ipad and now it has an m1 in it i don't know i would say if you're gonna look at the if if i'm looking at the history of the ipad i reached the opposite conclusion actually okay. because ipads especially the flagship iPads have used X chips for a while. True. However, there was no A13X. There was no A11X. There was no A... Was there an A9X? I don't think so. I don't know. I think only the even numbers have had Xs, except for, like, the early days. Like, the, uh, the original iPad Pro... I believe had an A8X. iPad Pro first generation. We got to find this out. Because I think, I think basically iPads have skipped, like the X chips have skipped a generation for at least quite a while now. Actually, why don't I just look up Apple A series X chips, right? That could be. So there was an A5X, and then there was an A6X. Wow, almost immediately, yeah, I was right. So there was a 5, which was the original. That was in the iPad 3rd gen when they went to Retina, so they needed more GPU power. And then there was an A6X, no 7. Then there was an A8X, no 9. No, wait, I'm a liar. There was an A9X. I'm an idiot. 
Uh, but then there was an A10X, no A11, A12X, no A13, and then M1 is basically an, M, an A14X. Okay. So I would suspect, I think the, um, the exceptions are, are few there and pretty old, um, but since 2016, they've basically been skipping generations. So I wouldn't be surprised. And I think it's also worth noting that they started skipping generations when they went into, went into the uh, big little architecture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think basically I would expect Apple Silicon chips, because they take a while to roll out, it would be kind of goofy if they introduce a new generation that only lasts a year when it takes them a year to put it in all the stuff. Like that doesn't make sense to me. And and then I could also see it I, I could see the M1 chip living on in this in the same way that like they just announced an Apple TV with an A twelve. Like they keep old chips around for whatever reason. So I think uh, for people I've seen it a couple times, people are like, Oh, don't buy an M one now, the M two is around the corner. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I think, um, I think the biggest reason is well, for one, it takes a long time for their, for them to actually implement it, especially given how many devices the M1 is in now. Um, and two, if you skip a generation, then the leaps are bigger, because their their performance leaps coincide with the A series, because the A series is the foundation for the X series. And when they skip, like when they skipped thirteen. They were able to compare 14 to 12 and be like, wow, cool. <laughs> Where it's like, okay, yeah, but that was two years ago. Uh, not that it really matters because the M1 is still pretty great. But, yeah, I just would not expect – I don't know. Maybe they'll even do a three-year cycle. Like it, this is, It's a two-year transition. Are we, are we to expect that the Mac Pro comes out with A14-based processors – in an A17 year or whatever, like it's gonna be a mess. It's true. The whole thing is a mess. But it's less of a mess with M1. And actually, I think going back to the original point, at what point does the M1 become not good enough? In a base model MacBook Air and in the the you know the entry level stuff, even in this iMac, I think great fit. But at what point, at what price or category do you think, Noah, that it becomes not really acceptable anymore. That's a, that's an interesting. I mean, there's two ways to think about it. I guess you could think in terms of, like, in one, for example, it obviously doesn't belong in a Mac Pro or I guess an iMac Pro. Yeah, it clearly doesn't belong. You know, you look at the products that it's been in, and you look at the limitations, the number of Thunderbolt ports, the maximum amount of RAM, et cetera, et cetera. So Display outputs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's so that's one way to look at it. This doesn't belong there. I guess you could look at it from like a a time uh, perspective as well, because like obviously it belongs in the MacBook Air and the and the you know the 13 inch MacBook Pro and whatever. But like, how about in five years from now, is the current MacBook Air with the M1 still going to be good enough? So there's yes. sort of there's sort of two ways to look at it. And first of all, yeah, like I'm thinking like to my 2018 iPad Pro, which is. Uh, two and a half years old now, right? It's November 2018. It's like two and a half, two and a half yeah. years. Yeah. Wow. So it's two. So really that's, holding up really well. Yeah, it's two and a half years old, and it's really. I have no complaints. It's just, as far as I can tell, it's just as fast as it was 
uh, when I got it. And that was pre-iPad OS. Because in 2018, true. the iPad had a lot less functionality than it does now. And it's not very often that you get a, a device that is able to scale as much as, as this generation of iPad Pro has. I think that's the biggest problem that the new ones have. How in the world are they going to get anyone to upgrade? Yeah, that's... It's not going to... They're going to have to introduce, like... I don't know, I guess... I don't even know. I don't have any... I don't have any, like, wish list stuff for my iPad Pro. Not one thing. I don't know. Maybe it's because I just think of it as... I don't know. There's. I, I guess I have less things that I would want to do on an iPad Pro so that maybe I don't have as much of a bucket list. But also, it's just so good that I can't even, like, think of changes that I would make to it. That's really that's really hard to do because every single other Apple product I look at, I always have like a big long list of wish list items. Mm -hmm. Face ID, new designs, uh, more power. I would like a GPU, an Apple GPU. Like I've got this whole list of things that I would want uh, to change. But with my iPad Pro, I'm just like, that's nice. <laughs> That's a nice thing right there. Yeah, and like there are some things you could think of. Like, what if it had two ports on it? I That's would say true. The, the Magic yeah. Keyboard does have like the extra power port, which is nice. But like, I I don't need two ports personally, and I'm not sure how big of an of a uh, how how much that would do to convince people to upgrade. But anyways, so going back to the point, right? The iPad Pro, my my 11 inch iPad Pro, two and a half years old. As far as I can tell, just as good as as the day it came out. I don't see any signs of slowing down. We'll see. I don't know. The rumors are saying that the that the uh, that iPad OS is supposed to get a big update at um, at WWDC this. this I summer, would expect, which I'm excited about. I think, yeah, no, that's really interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird. I think I'm gonna review the 12.9 inch iPad Pro personally. I don't think there's really a need to uh, to buy and test the 11 inch personally. Yeah, I don't think you gain a whole lot. Granted, the 12.9 inch is pretty minor too. Like, really, all I want to do is take a look at that mini LED display. I absolutely, I'm gonna buy it for that. Yeah. And so I guess, I guess you could say maybe they got me on the upgrade from the 11 inch to the 12.9 inch. Maybe they'll get some people with that too. Um, however, I feel like the fact that they're putting M1 in it, and then the mini LED display, to me, that definitely spells big things for iPad OS. Oh, that's a good point. I want to I want to ask you also, if you weren't a YouTuber, would you be buying this iPad Pro? Heavens no. 1450? Good lord. Yeah, so there you go. That's you know, you're saying like, oh, maybe they got you with the Yeah, well, that's the true. Well, they just That's fair. You know, they do get me a lot. They get you a lot. They but, get me all the time. But that's uh, an occupational hazard. Yeah, it is. And you know what? I'm I'm quite glad about that. If anything, everyone here, this is like a reverse Alcoholics Anonymous, to be honest. <laughs> because now, whenever a new Apple product comes out, I'm like, well, I gotta buy it. Yeah. <laughs> In the past, it was it was uh, not a good thing because I was I, I shouldn't have been buying them. Yeah. Although, granted, before I did YouTube, I just kind of didn't. I was just kind of like, oh man, someday. That's true. And then today is someday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys basically just validate my habit of being able to lust over Apple products, but it's then a actually, cycle. yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous cycle. Noah's pretty much immune from that cycle. I don't know how you do it. I just I'm just stubborn. I just look at the facts, and I say, which are I look at I look at what I have. 
I look at what's out there and I say, you know, what I have is good enough. Even if it's breaking all the time? Well, it's... You stuck with your 2011 MacBook Pro that was absolutely falling to pieces for many too, too many years. I feel like that was, maybe that was like a pride thing or like an attachment. Mm. You did sort of have like this weird emotional bond with it. It served me well, <laughs> but okay. Uh, the way that you said that, I didn't like. We're g- <laughs> that is right in the gutter. Your mind went right to the gutter. Uh-huh. We, I, I will just say, so, okay. The point that I, that I was trying to make with the iPad um, yes. is that that chip, you know, the, the A12X, right? Which is, um, you know, it, it, two and a half years later, still just as good. And, and I, and I see it lasting, you know, plenty longer. Okay, so the question was about the M1. When does it become... Oh, man, we went on so we many went, tangents. We went way off. This is off crazy. Off. When does the M1 become not powerful enough? First of all, like, when you look at the products that exist, like, it's not going in, in the pro-level products, right? Yeah. Base model MacBook Pro, I don't know how much of a pro product it necessarily is. But like, it's the, the a kind of tier. pro, but it's not, like, you're not going to use it for, like... Yeah, again, basically what you said with the limitations. The yeah. ports, the displays, the RAM... It, it, it starts to become anything, I don't know, I would not spend over two grand on an M1 product. That's fair, right. So it doesn't belong in the pro products. Apple knows that because you look at the products that they've put out so far, and they're very clear. Apple's very clear about who they're targeting if you look at you know, their, their marketing and their messages and whatever. Um, so, so obviously, you know, not the pro products. But like as far as the products that exist today and how long they're going to last. I think they're going to, you know, they're going to last. Like if you, you know, my mom, uh, got her M one MacBook air and I think it's going to last her for a very long time. She had the 11 inch, like 2012 MacBook air or something. And that lasted. Yeah. I mean, that was supported I, for seven years. I say lasted, but it was pretty rough by the end. The battery life and the performance were very, very rough by the end. True. But it was also an, Ivy Bridge oh, yeah. U series i5 like that's some old stuff and it was yeah. still like I think also the battery life at some points like when your battery is really going it does take a hit on performance I suspect I don't know if that's true or not but I feel like that had something to do with it but she also had a 2012 iMac until well currently yes that's <laughs> true but the point is right the the M1 MacBook Air uh uh, will probably last for quite a long time. So I guess that is my answer to your question, is when does the M1, when does the M1 become uh, not good enough? Well, for pro, for real high-level pro stuff, it's not. For the consumer stuff, it'll be a while before Oh, I meant, really I meant in terms of like for a new product, at what point are you spending too much on an M1? That's what I meant. Okay. Like, so the way that I see it is... The 14-inch MacBook Pro, I could forgive having M1. If it's $17.99 with all the new design and ports and features and a mini LED display and 16 gigs of RAM, maybe. Okay. I, I, could, I could forgive that. Anything beyond that, anything further up the product stack, I, I would, I, I'm going to say no. Oh, I agree. 16-inch MacBook Pro yeah. doesn't belong there. If that has M1, th- I will be furious. Yeah. The 16-inch. That is inexcusable. That doesn't... Or at the very least, 
that can't they they can't just be if, yeah it if has to have an upgrade if they're gonna make like the base 16 inch i don't think they would but if they were to do a base 16 inch with an m1 as long as they have the the upper ones that have an m1x or whatever in it that's no i'm not even no 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 okay look the the m1 comes in a 700 dollars mac mini if i'm spending 2300 dollars they had better put something better than that Okay, that's fair. So there, if there is no situation where a, an M1 16-inch is acceptable, unless they suddenly make it cheaper also. I don't know. If it's 1500 bucks with an M1 chip, now you're talking. But I don't think that's going to happen. So. Although there was a rumor about a 15-inch MacBook Air, which I think would be really interesting. That's interesting, but then, I feel, then the 13- or 14-inch MacBook Pro gets even muddier like that Ooh, yeah then it would need to have m1x and then you'd be like okay do i want oh yeah that's true that would be kind of a mess i mean apple is not averse to making a mess that's true products but i don't know i'll tell you what i really hope for what's that is a mac pro mini or mac mini pro i want a mac mini that's taller with with some beefier guts and an m1x chip in it for like 1500 bucks 16 i could see like the the airport extreme design yeah like they're yeah. like a really tall apple tv kind of design. maybe a bit bigger footprint yeah, sure sure i think that would look really good it would be pretty cool i would also be interested in something like that but with a front grill with like the the cheese grater pattern from the mac pro i might i might work on a concept of that that one would look really good because yeah, I was going to say, like, when you were talking about um, where the M1, you know, where the cutoff is, I was another thing I was going to say was the, the, the Mac Pro, or sorry, the, uh, the Mac Mini, yeah. the, the Intel one that still exists, right? Yes. They're going to replace that. They, they have to replace that with an M1X or whatever. I hope they replace it at the, at the same price point. Yeah. 1099. With the, an M1X. If there's a 1099 M1X MacBook Pro, I mean Mac Mini, good grief. We're getting all tongue tied tonight. There's so many. It's, they're it's hard to keep track. Yeah. You know, it's like you take your pro, you take the product, and then you take like the mini like or the pro mini or pro max air, air, and then you take one or more XDR. Of you, could, you know, you could mix them up a little. Super bit. liquid retina XDR, whatever yeah, exactly. they call it. Like what in the world? Exactly. Yeah, I guess that goes back to what you were saying. They're not afraid to make a mess. Yes. But oh my gosh, M M one X Mac Mini. Oh. I would I would honestly consider ditching an iMac for that. Because like at that Pro. price, you could spec it out, get yourself like a big ultra wide or something. Oh my god, it would be amazing. It would be amazing. I want that product so bad. I do like ultra wides. Yeah, you've got an ultra wide. And Apple's not Apple's not gonna be doing that. Exactly. So that would be the case where you could get your ultra wide dreams. You could have your ultra-wide cake and eat it, too. Yeah. <laughs> I could go for an ultra-wide cake. It's just like a normal cake, but it's really wide. Yeah, it's like normal cake's like a, like a cylinder. It's just... A cylinder? Like I've a, never really thought of cake as cylindrical, but that's an interesting... Well, I guess you're not it, wrong. It, I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean... It could also be a rectangular prism. It could be a rectangular prism. Or, I suppose, maybe even a mildly trapezoidal prism. Because they're not always straight up. They're, they're like they kind of like uh, kind of lean in a little bit. 
maybe like a tiered cake. Well, a tiered cake would be like multiple trapezoidal. Well, it's also tiered cakes aren't often rectangular. And this is this is stupid. <laughs> okay. We've gotten off track yet again. <laughs> yet again. Uh, we're coming up here on the end of the show. But yeah. So I guess the moral of the story is we want a tiered trapezoidal Mac mini cake with That's, an ultra wide sounds monitor. Delicious. I would eat that. You'd eat it? Yes. Okay. I'd eat it up with my iFixit Protect toolkit and I'd tear it down and repair it. That's what you mean. That's what I'm going. That's with. what you mean That's by eat bit. it. Mm-hmm. I'd I'd eat it up, tech reviewer style. Oh, well, I'd eat up all that content. Uh huh. This is really bad. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't. I think we're, we. I think we gotta. I think we gotta cut it. I'm off. hemorrhaging subscribers now. We gotta cut <laughs> this off yeah. while we're ahead. And by ahead, I mean behind dramatically. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I guess. I guess to summarize it, I'm okay with M1 in a 14 inch MacBook Pro. Anything above that on the product stack is no. That needs to be more powerful. I agree. The M1 is great to a point. It was really great when we thought it was the bare minimum, but as soon as they start to use it up the product stack, it's like, no, 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 no. This is not going to fly here. <laughs> yeah. You're not about to switch out my 8-core i9 for an M1. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Especially with two freaking ports and 16 gigs of RAM. I mean, good lord. That's not going to cut it. I don't know why 16 gigs of RAM isn't standard. Because... I mean, I guess the optimization. Some people don't need it, and Apple yeah. can charge you more if you want it. $200 for 16 is is highway robbery. Well, you can't do it's it yourself. It's highway robbery, I you tell you. You can't do it yourself. I know. So That's the problem. They're li- they literally have you like leaned out of a boxcar over a trestle bridge... With like their six shooter in one hand, and they're like, "Listen here, buddy, <laughs> give me all your cash." And then you're like, "Please, sir, I want 16 gigs of RAM." And then they shoot you anyway. Oh, jeez. That's Apple in a nutshell. All right, that's the end of our podcast. All right, I've been your host, Luke Miani, and I've been your host, Noah Rubin. We will see you next week. Have a great night.